Welcome to the Simply Financial Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Calandra. So I have a special guest with me today. I'm very, very excited for our discussion. Her name is Kristen McGarry. I've known her for a very long time. She is Senior Regional Vice President for Pacific Life. She has 26 years of financial services experience, 14 of which have been with Pacific Life. As I said, I've known her a long time. She's one of the top professionals in her field. And she is someone that I respect an absolute ton, one of the most uh, professional people you're going to come across. So how about that for an introduction, Kristen? You feel good about yourself? I absolutely love it. And I feel great about myself right now. (laughs) So I, uh, obviously, listeners, I'm a man. And if you hear Kristen, she is a woman. I wanted her to come on the show to talk a little bit about business from a woman's perspective, especially in a corporate environment, which I'm not in, but I'm curious about. And uh, because of her experience and her success, I thought that she was ideally suited to talk about these topics. Uh, So if it's okay, maybe we could kind of jump right in. Sounds uh, great. And uh, from a woman's perspective, in, in your experience, what are a couple of keys, maybe three keys to success in business, especially in a corporate environment. What do you have for me? Yeah, I would say the first one is highly motivated, um, highly motivated that you want to go to work every day and be the best that you could be um, would be the first one. The second one, and I say this as I've you know been in this industry 26 years now, but be a student of your practice. Keep learning how you can become better and how you could become more efficient. And then the third one would be being organized. Being organized is going to help you accomplish more of your goals and not miss any opportunities. So that's great. Maybe we could talk a little bit about each of them. I want to share maybe some of my thoughts, but highly motivated. So is that the same thing as driven to be successful, or is it more pride of a job well done. And and I ask because I think, and this is one of my personal biases, Kristen, is that this idea that find something you love and do that, and then you'll never have to work a day in your life. Personally, I don't subscribe to that. I I think that's a little Pollyanna, Uh, but you can find work that is fulfilling and hardworking, hardworking individuals could have a lot of success and live a nice life. I don't know if everybody necessarily needs to love their jobs. And maybe you disagree with me, but can you fill in a little bit of the blanks in terms of motivated? Are we talking about driven or pride? What kind of adjectives do you mean by motivated? I think both. And I, and I do agree with you that I don't think it's the world where every day you think of like, this is the best job in the world, but a job that you're excited to go to that you want to be the best you can possibly be in that job. So I would say like driven for success, driven that you want to be the best that you can be in in regardless, like what field that you're in. But I would also say driven an aspect that you want to know that you can achieve. So I guess a little bit of both. Gotcha. And in terms of student of your craft. Uh, I think in today's fast changing world, and I believe this was always true. It's certainly true now, 
you have to adopt a posture of lifetime learning, I think. And I believe that's what you were speaking to. You need to learn your craft and you need to be open to change and new technology, new ways of doing things. It amazes me how I come across people in my life professionally and personally that they work someplace. And sometimes it could be entry level and you might excuse maybe a little bit of ignorance, but even people at high levels of organization, they don't know much. It's shocking. <laughs> and I don't want to sound like an elitist jerk, but I think a lot of people don't practice what you're talking about and really know their craft. This is advice though, so far that is for both men and women, right? Is, is there, do you find that women struggle with these first two items more than men? Of course, we're stereotyping. Everybody is different. We're just talking in generalities, but do you find that these two are something that uh, a lot of women could work on? I do. I definitely do. But I think the second one, because there's been so much change and I know we're going to talk at these talking a little later about work-life balance and so forth. So I do think that women are maybe more used to change because we have to change. Like as we get married, we have children, things change in our life. Maybe we have aging parents. I think nobody likes change. It doesn't matter your gender. Nobody likes it. But I think COVID put it at the, at the forward that if you weren't comfortable with change, COVID forced you into being comfortable with change. Um, so I think being a student of your game also has to talk about change. Like I think about when I entered this industry, I just got my first cell phone and it was like, well, you just use it for emergencies. And we would travel around and we would stop and use a payphone to call <laughs> our financial advisors. We were going to meet. We had a calling card. And now like, I, I don't even have a landline in my house. I just use my cell phone all the time. So I think it's like in that aspect of being a student of the game, evolving as things evolve around us. Um, and regardless of what type of um, company that you work for, always wanting to learn what's the newest in your industry. That's great. That's great. And then the last point, organized. I think often when you, I'm a big consumer of self-help, motivational, be all you can be kind of podcast, articles, books, so on. I think what I've learned, I've learned over my 26 years of experience, or maybe it's longer than that now, it's 29. I'm not as young as you apparently, is, is I've become much more hyper-focused on being organized and efficient than I did when I was younger. And it seems to me that there's a little bit of a gap between what priority being organized should be given when thinking about success and that highly motivated concept you spoke about before, because if you're organized, it becomes easier to achieve when you're chaotic. And some people are predisposed to organization more than others, but I'm a little surprised that you had that on the list. Why do you have that on the list? Because I think specifically for women, if you're not completely organized, it could be extremely difficult. And I say that as your listeners probably don't know, but I am married with a 10-year-old daughter. So if we are not, if I'm not completely organized in, in my work life and my family life, we'll miss so many opportunities in work and in, in my personal life. Um, so I think for women specifically, having to be, I think we do a good job of it, but we have to be a lot more organized. Um, you know, I I think of my husband and we have this family calendar and he's okay with a family calendar, but I 
virtually put the family calendar together every month and I run the family calendar. And then he'll ask like, oh, well, what day does our daughter have basketball? And I'm like, well, she's had it for like the past, you know, four weeks at the same day, the same time. Um, and I say that in jest, but I think that there's a lot of females that feel that way. So being extremely organized helps me not miss any opportunities in work, but helps me be as efficient, efficient as I can in my work life, but also in my personal life. No, that's great. And when I said I was surprised, I, I, I'm not surprised that it's important. I'm surprised that often in a top three kind of conversation, it wouldn't necessarily come up, but I'm impressed because I think about my success over the last couple of years. I think a fair amount of it is due to improved organization and efficiency and just processes and routines. Absolutely. Um, so, so I'm glad. And I, I see what you're saying. Because for my viewpoint, I might get myself in trouble here because I'm a man going to give an opinion on women, is that by and large, again, stereotyping, generalizing, is women often have way more to juggle priority-wise than men. I know in my personal life with my wife, I have a lot of responsibility and I have a lot of pressure on me running a business and all that goes into that. But mostly I have just a few things that I really need to take care of. And Joelle is not a career woman like you are, but her list of priorities and the juggling she has to do is so much longer. And she wears so many more hats than I do. I could see where organization would be really important, whether you're career oriented or not, just family work balance. I could see how that's super important. Did I, did I say that in a way that won't get in trouble? <laughs> Correct. Yes. I don't think you'll get in trouble for that. All right. Good. So the other, the next question I wanted to ask you, and I said at the beginning that one of the reasons why I want to talk about this is it's very timely and it gives me a chance to talk to you when you're so impressive. So this is cool stuff just on the face of it. But my daughter, Marissa, who you've met, um, she's graduating from college in May and she's going to go into the business world before too long. And I would like to hear from you. And I think my listeners would benefit from hearing from you in terms of what advice would you give to her and other young women who are starting or are early in their careers? So I would tell them to find an industry that fascinates them, that they're excited about and that they enjoy. It might not be, you know, the dream job, but it's something that they're interested in. Work hard. I do believe hard work is rewarded. So if you work hard and you stay focused, you'll move up in the organization, but be patient because I know that we have a lot of younger individuals out there that if they don't get moved up within a year or two years, they want to move to a different company. And I would just say to make sure that they work hard and they stay focused and have a great work ethic and be patient. And I really do believe that individuals like that will be taken care of and be promoted to to more opportunity. Now, in the corporate world, there are a lot of industries and companies that have specific initiatives to attract female talent and also to cultivate the talent that they do have to have them grow in the organization to higher levels of management and the like. If you were a woman that was starting out in your career now, would you necessarily search specifically for companies that have this out front or would that be not really an important criteria when you were searching for companies and opportunities? 
Chris, that's an awesome question because when I got an industry that wasn't an option. Yeah. Um, so if it was between two companies and one had a mandate and a focus on women versus the other, I would go there because you would have a quicker opportunity to get promoted, right? They obviously have a focus and they want to help cultivate women and get women, you know, up through the ranks quicker. Um, so I, I would definitely be more inclined to look at a company like that versus the latter. And I know that there, and I don't want to speak out of school, but I know that there are certain mandates now at, at many company boards to have a certain percentage of them, diverse, female, and so forth. So I definitely think that it's right now is a great opportunity for women entering the workforce but I definitely would lean more towards a company that was focused on that because I think there'll be more room for advancement. Excellent. You, uh, you said uh, in your first point, uh, find something that you're fascinated with, I think was the term you used. And, and I got to say, I haven't heard that word used in conjunction with this conversation, but I love it because as I said before, I reject the conventional wisdom that find something you love and you never work another day in your life. I do appreciate the word fascinated. I think that's a better way to kind of capture it. Find something you're curious about that you want to learn more, that you want to be involved in, that you would feel good about being a part of. And that word fascinated, I think, is a great choice. Is that something you, this is a silly way to ask it, but did you come up with using that term on your own or did you, you know, read or no. steal from someplace else? <laughs> I don't mean steal in a bad way. I definitely borrow stuff, but no, I came up with yeah. that on my own. Um, and that's kind of how I ended up in this industry was that I, and I'll talk a little bit later about it, but um, I always enjoyed talking about investing. I remember when my parents had an anniversary, I think I was 10 years old, I bought them a share of stock. So I always found our, the investment industry fascinating. So that's what drove me here. I, I think, so I came up with the word of my own, but I think it's something that to your point earlier, if you find it fascinating, you want to learn more about it. You want to work harder. You want to be you know, a student of the game. So I think that kind of all goes together. Very good. You mentioned that when you entered the workforce, there wasn't necessarily, at least outwardly, uh, initiatives to attract women into the workforce and cultivate female talent. Would you say that it's gotten easier to be a woman in the business world. Now, listen, we're in the financial services industry. I know your husband, Kevin, who's been a guest on the show, a great guest on the show, a couple of times is in the same industry. My brother's in the industry. A lot of the people I know are in the industry. And historically, it's been dominated by men. Even today, Kristen, I'm a certified financial planner. And I think only about 13% of the certified financial planners in the country are women which is a very low number. Yeah. So you're in an industry that is still probably a little behind the curve in terms of female talent, but it certainly was more pronounced back when you started. So has it gotten easier to be a woman in the business world? And if so, how? I think so. When I started, and I mentioned this earlier in New York City, um, I worked at Smith Barney and it was me and a female roommate. We were on a... Uh, on an inbound call center. And then it was mainly all men. And I felt that the industry has definitely hired more women over time. Um, I also feel that women have evolved. I was with my parents over the holidays and my mom is 78 and my dad is 84. 
And my mom was talking to one of our female friends or neighbors that's in a completely different industry than we're in. And my mom was telling her how proud she was that she's a successful female in the industry that she's in. She's in the um, writing entertainment industry. And uh, she meant, my mom mentioned when she was growing up that there were very few choices for women. Uh, my mother is an executive assistant. She went to um, secretarial school. And I, I think about that and there were very few choices of like what she could do that when she wanted to work. So my parents were very encouraging when I was growing up to be able to work in an industry that I wanted to work in. And I kind of like alluded to this earlier, but I always enjoyed investing. I was really excelled in math. I found the stock market interesting. So I went into, into finance and a little known thing that you didn't know about me then, I think it's is interesting is I, I went to Marist College. I was a finance major um, and I had two professors that continued to encourage me, which were fantastic. And out of that, I was the first intern at the Museum of American Financial History in wow. New York City. And it still exists there today. Very cool. I didn't know that. That's a nice that's a nice accomplishment early on in your career. I've observed tendencies for women sometimes to be treated differently in the business world. And I don't mean necessarily badly, but different. And I'll give you an example that if I'm at a conference and there's um, a speaker about what's going on in the economy of the markets or something, if it's a man, uh, they'll give the presentation and then often it's opened up to Q&A. And people will ask questions, just simple questions, um, soliciting information. If, on the other hand, it's a woman gives the presentation and then you get the Q&A, I always found it curious that the questions were much more challenging. And I always believed, and I'm not some super feminist kind of guy, but I always assumed like the questions were more like the underlying assumption was, maybe you don't know what you're talking about, or maybe you're not qualified, or maybe I know more than you. The question just had more of a tinge of a challenge yeah. that you wouldn't necessarily get from a male speaker. And it's a, it's a small thing in the whole scheme of things, but that's, that's the example I have. And that's really why I wanted to ask you the question, because you've been in a gazillion meetings with all different kinds of people. You've spoken to large groups, one-on-one -on -one meetings, you've met with clients, financial advisors from all different ages and levels of success. So that's that's the origin of the question. First off, have you ever observed my little quirky example? I have, but I would say it, it has definitely been some time. I'm not talking COVID, like it, I have years ago, but I think I think things have evolved a lot. I would say for myself, I don't, run into that now. I've been at my current firm 14 years and most of my clients have known me, you know, 14, 15 years and, and on both sides have been treated fantastic. But I would say early in my career, absolutely. Um, and, you know, that was, that was 26 years ago. Um, I would say between, you know, promotions of people getting promoted at firms or events or outings, I did see women treated differently and, and I'm glad that it's changed. I mean, one thing that I've seen over the years now, I am a golfer, but I wasn't a golfer 26 years ago was there was always a golf event. 
but there wasn't necessarily something to cater towards women. So it was either you went to the golf event or you didn't go to the golf event. You know, now a lot more women play golf, but now there's also different types of events that women might be interested in attending. So I've seen that change a lot over the years, but I do agree with the statement that you made. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I've been around a bit and I think you're right. And you see less of it. And I think there's an age component to this, to be fair. And that's, again, not an exclusive statement that's always correct. But I I think, generally speaking, older generations might be more prone to that kind of thinking, uh, because I do believe I, I, I see less of it. And I believe probably part of it is not just the individual's age and we're in a a new era, if you will. But, you know, in the business world, I come across just so many unbelievably talented um, women in all different roles. And, you know, maybe this, you know, the assumptions that were in the past, you know, they're just, they're just not really used anymore because they've been obsolete now, I think. I don't know. Does that make sense? It does. And I think also when I think of like some of the keynote speakers that we hear, I think a handful of the women have been on the circuit now quite some time where maybe they were newer to the circuit. So now it's, um, I think it's different, but it definitely years ago, um, it was that way. In thinking, Kristen, about your success, what are some of the skills that are key? And I'm, I'm looking for things that you've specifically cultivated over time that have, uh, led to your continued success in your field? So one, one we already spoke about, so I'll be brief on it, but constantly learning, you know, and being a student of the game, student of the industry. Um, I think a COVID was a great example. If you asked me two years ago to do a Zoom, um, <laughs> it was foreign to me, probably like many people, and now it's not. Um, we, do, we do Zoom many times a day. Um, but I would also say, and this might be more on a female side, being a good listener. So speak less and listen more. And I say that it's like that Hamilton play, speak less, listen more. Um, But uh, we watched a lot of that uh, over the holidays. So so forgive me for digressing over Hamilton. Um, But listening more before giving any ideas, any suggestions. So, So definitely being a better listener and sometimes reminding myself that it's okay to be quiet. And then organization, I I know I I do harp on it. My dad's a retired engineer. I didn't bring that up earlier, but I just, I am overly organized. And I I think um, that's a huge important skill set for me with so many things coming at once um, between our clients and our products and my family um, and business and, you know, in-person meetings and Zoom meetings. I think the organizational aspect and, and kind of as this is, you know, we're having this conversation a few days after New Year's. Um, one thing that our family has done is we put personal and professional goals together every year. And we've awesome. been doing this like probably 20 years and we have my daughter even doing it. So we sit down around New Year's and put together my professional goals, but also personal goals and personal goals of places we want to go on vacation, money we want to save, um, things that we want to accomplish, maybe on a physical fitness. Mine last year was to run a half a marathon. So my daughter was to read a chapter book once a month. Um, I am a, a, a big detail person, big organization. And I am a big believer if you write things down and you write your goals down, the likelihood of you achieving them is so much far greater than not achieving them. So well said. Uh, organization. 
uh, we talked about how that's key. Are you a naturally organized person? Because for me, I'm not an, a naturally organized person. I wasn't when I was younger. And it's it's something that I've learned and a skill set that I've cultivated over time. And now I've become organized, but I don't think I'm a naturally organized person. So are you naturally organized? Yeah, I, th I think I am naturally organized. And I you do got it from this, your dad. <laughs> I got it from my dad's genes, but I do think it's a, I do think it is a lot of female intuition. And I think that helps as well. Again, having, having a family and maybe there's a handful of females that are listening to this podcast and will say, maybe I wasn't naturally organized like you, Chris, but then I had a family and I had to figure it out pretty quick. Um, but, yeah. but I am, um, I think my DNA says that I am. <laughs> so that brings me to the next thought I have is we talked about how the workplace has evolved. There's many more women at, at, in different job roles at different levels of organization. The number of women who are entrepreneurs is just exploding, which as an entrepreneur myself, I think is amazing. So with this, the, the workplace has changed. Can you talk to me a little bit about some things that women bring to the workplace that is maybe different or additive? Can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. I think of like two words come top of mind, empathy and patience. And I think empathy, and I have converse, my husband and I will have conversations about, you know, people's situations and so forth. And I think that women are typically more empathetic than men. And I feel bad that I'm saying that out loud, but I do. <laughs> and that kind of goes back to like being a good listener right. and empathizing on maybe the situation that they're going through. Maybe it's a colleague that is having a tough time and, and being empathetic, or maybe it's a client that just wants somebody to listen. I think that we're tip women are typically more empathetic and sympathetic. And depending on the day, I don't know what my daughter would say. Um, a lot of times we could be viewed as more patient, patient to a point, but patient in, in the business world that maybe do we put up with a little bit more? Do we give somebody a little more runway or leniency? I think specifically those two, and then that goes back to like being a good listener and maybe being able to digest it before we actually give an idea or a solution. So you've mentioned uh, a couple of times how you are, you have a family, husband, daughter, career, talked about organization, juggling of priorities. It seems like it's incredibly difficult to balance family and work. I mean, it is for me, although my role in a household is different. Everybody's relationship is set up differently and, and we have a lot of success in my household. But um, for women in the workforce, it's, it's difficult. And I, I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to do it anyway. I was with some friends over the holiday and there's this some dopey book. It's like the book of questions. And you ask questions. It's kind of like scruples, you know, and it's would, you know, all kinds of questions. But the question that intrigued me the most was, do you think it's easier to be a man in the world today or a woman in the world today? And I didn't think we would talk about this. So this is completely ad hoc. But, you know, my answer was, and I was, I was doing this with two of my buddies from college. My answer was, uh, it's easier for men. And the, they pushed back a little bit because, you know, there's a lot going on in the country today and there's a lot of cross currents. But my point was, listen, today, because women are moms and 
have that, you know, biological role that it, that just inherently makes it more difficult. There's just no way around it. What do you think of that? So 10, 20 years ago, I'd say absolutely women. I'm still going to say women, but not absolutely women. Cause I think the, that men now have some challenges out there, but I definitely say women. And, and I guess a, a few thoughts. You think women have it easier? A harder, harder. Harder. Okay. Ten, yeah. 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 10, 20 years ago, like women had a lot harder. Now I'm going to say that women have it harder, but not as much as 10, 20 years ago. But one of the big things is not just about having children, but having aging parents. And Chris, we're around the same age. So you have like young kids, your kids are getting older and then you have aging parents and then you have the aging parents. I'm like, who's going to take care of the aging parents? I'm like, I'm not saying that, you know, we're going to be taking care of our aging parents, but when a lot of that stuff kind of start, the dominoes start falling, it is typically the female that's going to go and help the parents more. And part of that might be, you know, mom and dad don't want the son to come and do some sensitive things for them and just think it's okay more for the female. And that, oh, yeah. and I, I think that's like a, a generational, but so I, I'd still would say, I'd still would say women in that aspect, but I'll kind of take it like a step further talking about work-life balance. Cause sometimes I'm like, there is work-life balance. Sometimes it doesn't exist. I'll be fair. We definitely have a lot of friends, a lot of moms that work full-time that struggle big time with it. Um, I could tell you that I'm at a great place, but I'm at a great, I'm at a great place because I have a great support system. um, And I feel fortunate on that aspect. I think the key is, is definitely to have some type of support system and the people that don't have a good support system, I think are the people that really struggle and have a tough time. Yeah, I think that's great. And I think that, and I believe this is true for, for both men and women, just the, the ethos of business today is spend time with family. And, you know, again, I'm talking in generalities, but, you know, spend time with your family. Um, you want to coach Little League. It, there's very little, I think, today. Now, I'm not a corporate guy. I'm a small business entrepreneurial guy. But I think there's fewer and fewer businesses today that are like, you know, listen, if you're not, if you're not working 12 hours a day without any breaks and you're not missing your kid's birthday party, you're not committed and you're not going to become successful. And that's helped both men and women, but I think especially with women with the juggling of other priorities that are often in existence, you know, that's been very meaningful. Is that a fair statement? Absolutely. And I think that, you know, we could talk about the negatives of COVID and we're not going to go there, but there are a lot of positives of COVID and having people have the flexibility. I think of my firm, you know, people being able to work from home and now it cuts down on their commute, being able to maybe take that hour off to go to their child's event, but make that hour up later at night because they're working from home anyway. So I, I definitely think that it's become a lot easier and I, and I'll make a bold statement, but I believe it. I, you know, I believe that women could be successful in a career and successful with their family and not ha- have to sacrifice either. I think the, there's just skill sets and, and having a great support system to be able to do that. Awesome. Well, I think that's a good place to end it, Kristen. I was looking forward to this and it was a wonderful discussion. I appreciate your time. And for listeners, uh, please check out my website, elliotwealth.com. Find out more about how we help our clients win with money. If you're not a client and you'd like to learn more, you could sign up for a complimentary consultation and I'll be back with you on the next episode of the Simply Financial Podcast very soon. 
Thanks for listening today. Chris, thank you so much. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of Sage Point Financial Incorporated and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Please note the information being provided is strictly as a courtesy. When you link to any of the websites provided here, you are leaving this website. We make no representation as to the completeness or accuracy of the information provided at these websites, nor is the company liable for any direct or indirect technical or system issues or any consequences arising out of your access to your use of third-party technologies websites, information, and programs made available through this website. When you access one of these websites, you are leaving our website and assume total responsibility and risk for your use of the websites you are linking to. Securities and advisory services are offered through Sage Point Financial Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC, insurance services offered through Elliott Wealth Management, LLC, not affiliated with Sage Point Financial.